It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast as we preview Bengals training camp with Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com. And, uh, Jeff, a lot of, really a lot of good questions entering this training camp. What can the young guys do? Um, guys coming back from injury, what are they going to be capable of doing? When are they going to be capable of doing it? Um, it should make for a, for a pretty interesting camp as opposed to maybe the last couple of years where it was a little bit on the quiet side. I, I just want to ask you, is the skinny podcast, is that like the skinny repeal uh, that's going on in Congress? <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not involved in a controversy. Yeah, no, there's no controversy here. I that's promise. Right. I promise. Beautiful. No, but you're exactly right. I, I think it's uh, – you got some, uh, you know, you got to, I mean, you know, when's the last time you had three kickers in camp? Start there. That's pretty interesting. And then uh, I think what they've, uh, you know, you're going to see some uh, really uh, high-octane battles for positions that you haven't had in the last couple of years. You know, this club, last three or four years, they've been kind of fat and happy, you know, with as far as you knew who the 22 guys were. You know who the 22 guys are this year, but who's going to be, you know, who's going to be, uh, who's going to be in that second tier? The defensive line, you know, does Wallace Gilberry hang on? Uh, does Michael which, Johnson hang on? Mike, well, I think Mike Johnson hangs on. I think Wally hangs on, too, because Paul Gunther is, to me, that's the theme of camp is really banging on the versatility. And Wallace can do so many things. But he's got some young guys he's got to fend off. Marcus Hardison, who's been hurt. Uh, you know, that's another theme, too, is these young guys who have been hurt. Um, you know, William Jackson, Andrew Billings, um, Hardison, you know, uh, the two kids they drafted. Lawson and Jordan uh, Willis and Jordan Willis, you know, so that's uh, and, and then obviously on the other side of the ball you have things that you haven't had in the last couple of years highly rated offensive players who completely change you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. This has been a uh, this is this is going to be a, a good one. Arguably from a skill position standpoint, this is probably as good on paper as the Bengals have been in a long time. Deep at running back, deep at wide receiver. Uh, Tyler Eifert's coming back from back surgery. But with all that depth at those places, a lot of that hinges on an offensive line with two unproven tackles and a right guard who's really never played right guard. That's a lot to ask for coming out of a a four- or five-week training camp. I know they had OTAs. They obviously had minicamp. But that's a lot to expect that group to hit the ground running. Yeah, I think that's – it's just like, to me, it, uh, if we remember 2009 when Andre Smith was a first-round pick uh, and he got hurt and wasn't available, you know, that, that, that offensive that, – that's, that's the last time that the offensive line has gone through that massive of an overhaul, you know, and so uh, it doesn't happen very often. And uh, they obviously hold the key to this thing just like they did in 2009. If they block, they'll win. If they don't block, you know, like, you know we've talked about this before. If they block, they go 10-6. and six. If they don't block, they go 6-10. and 10. You asked a question of Ken Zampese the other day that I thought was a really good one, and it is what what That's do you do with – it was your one for the year. What do you do with the workload, though, at running back yeah. if and when all three guys are healthy? Let's just, and we're, just, we're assuming some things here, right. assuming Mixon learns how to pick up the blitz and assuming that Jeremy Hill, who was in better shape at least in minicamp, is back to his rookie form. That's an interesting dyma- dynamic to me. I know that, that Ken couched it with he, he really can't control what's going on now because he doesn't have – Geo yet completely. We haven't seen what Mixon can do when the bullets are firing and, right. and there's some live contact. But it is an interesting dilemma. If yeah. all three guys are at, at let's say peak or 100% yeah. efficiency, how do they share the load? I, exactly. To me, the uh, the drop dead date there is October 1st because by then Geo they would have should be back. Yeah, absolutely. By then Mixon should have control of the playbook. And uh, you know what do you do with Jeremy Hill? I mean, I know he struggled, but. Look what he's done, like on a goal line. Absolutely, you know, he's been still know, very effective. You know, you know so uh, uh, you know maybe he's your, maybe this thing really. You know, we talk about specialization. This thing may really specialize. You know, he'll we see him on short yardage and goal line. 
Mixon, we see him on, uh, you know, first and second down. Gio, we see him on third down. I mean, it could it could come down to that. Now, you know, if Mixon is as good as they say, you know, you can't have a repeat of, 2000, uh, of 1997 when Corey Dillon took 10 games to unseat Kajana Carter. If the guy is obviously that good, he's got to be your right, guy. Right. You know, and if he's as advertised, I would think he at some point is the lead dog. At some point. Yeah, and, 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 and when we watched him in OTAs and minicamp, uh, the athleticism certainly showed very much. But, again, we did not see him right. picking up blitzes. We did not see him have to right. run through tackles. But right. at least the early returns from what, what you and I and, and the rest right. of us saw in OTAs and minicamps, yeah. he's a good-looking yeah. player. I mean, and he's got to be the guy. And, and with Jeremy's in the last year of his deal, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. You know, Gio's locked up for a couple more years, so it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that, you know, at some point you figure Mixon's going to be the, the number one guy. But I still think Hill is going to be a key guy because he'll be carrying the ball on on key the key downs. Uh, but uh, you know, for your for your pound after pound, you know, in November and December, very well it could be mixed. It was interesting, uh, again, talking to Ken Zampese the other day about, about John Ross and what they want to do with him initially. We may not see him for a week or two if, if he's not cleared. At least I guess the good news is he was not put on the, the non-football injury list or the the active pup list, so maybe that's a good sign. That, yeah, I don't know if that's been well, that's a good point. It may, it may be here at some point. You never know. These um, but, but obviously he's going to be back at some point, but yeah. it may not be enough time to ramp him up to be ready and right. line up on day one right. on the on the outside. Um, what can what do we think is a reasonable expectation for for him and what they can do with him? Is it a limited package? And I know Ken said he wants to get him comfortable in one spot before they kind of move yeah. to the next. That's probably the right way to approach it with him because you don't need to throw him in right away. It, it's a great question, and uh, to me, the question: What spot is that? Right. Because you would think he seems to be a perfect slot. Receiver. Perfect size slot but, guy. But Tyler Boyd was so good in the slot, and that seems to be his spot. And don't slip on Brandon Lafon's right. slot. He right. had his best years in the slot in Carolina. So I think those are two great slot options while you're trying to work John in as an outside guy. I, I, well, um, to me, that's what I would think right. they would do since they are so they pretty well fall off in the slot. You know, to me, they need that. Uh, you know, they need that. They've got to get that. Uh, that. Uh, guy opposite AJ on the outside, you know, and it's whether it's Cody Core or Ross, you know, where they roll the fell out back there. But I think, you know, obviously it's time for some young legs, some young fast legs down there. And that's why I think maybe they might groom Ross for that, you know, for I guess it would be the Y since AJ is the X. Right. So he'd be right. the Franken. And uh, you know what I you know, guy we most improved like Kenny said, the most improved guy in camp is probably Cody Cole. No doubt. That's the guy I'm really interested in seeing because he's just a, 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 a he's a physical Marvin Jones. I, I mean, he obviously runs. He is he's, he is physical. Yeah. I think it was the case of he was overlooked in college because of Laquan Treadwell. Right. He was the other guy to Laquan Treadwell. He really wasn't a receiver his first year plus of college, just kind of, uh, of right. came on. But I think in everything that we've seen of him, he looks like a guy that could have been yeah. a big-time steal in the sixth round. At the very least, he's certainly a special teams presence. No, I mean, I was talking to guys who said, you know, he's, well, he's where uh, a guy we haven't talked about, Josh Malone. Josh Malone is, they think, farther along than Marvin Jones was. When he came out, he's an interesting guy to watch. I think they got to keep seven guys here. I really think they're going to try like yeah, hell yeah. to keep seven guys. And, and I was going to ask you this later on, but certainly you jumped there. But it's a good thing. It's a matter of do you keep Alex Erickson over Brandon Wilson as a, as a, right. as a kick returner, and that, right. that's that because Alex Erickson becomes the seventh right. guy in that circumstance. But that yeah. that's some of those interesting roster battles. If yeah. you start to look at it, right. you mentioned keeping Michael Johnson, and probably I guess they do. But man, right. you start to count numbers, and you go, wait a minute, I'm up to yeah. nine, and I haven't counted right. him yet, maybe. And are you counting Lawson? Are you counting <laughs> Lawson as a linebacker? I am counting him as a linebacker, actually. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Yeah. I think. I think 
that's why they want to put right. him. That's one of the reasons they right. want to put him there. Make the numbers they, make the numbers work better. Because they know they got a jam packed. Uh, right. You could keep ten D linemen. You could. There's no question. Them, There's no question. And I think that's kind of where they're leaning. Um, we've not seen William Jackson other than in OTAs and minicamp. We saw him a little bit last year. He's an interesting one too because chances are he he may get thrown into the mix in game one and then just become a rotation guy after that. Yeah. I think he's interesting to watch. And obviously Darquez Denard. I think it, it just sounded from Paul Paul Gunther. He wants to give him a chance to at least yeah. be the nickel corner at the very least. And he and to yeah. do that he's got to he's got to stay on the field. I know when he, he played the most since he's been here was 15. Early in 15, and actually, Leon Hall, he put Leon Hall on the bench, and he was playing. And then got hurt and in Arizona. Hurt in Arizona, so, and he's never really come back to that. And like I was, I tried to talk to him about that today, it was, last year was kind of an odd year, because he got hurt, he got hurt in camp, didn't come back until week two, and had a rough outing against Pittsburgh. And he was kind of in and out after that. I mean, he'd play 30 snaps one game, eight the next. And Josh Shaw would get the right. spot. So I don't know if they're, you know, I don't, I don't know how much that's helped him. Either you know, so he's kind of ha- he's kind of get the short end of the deal when it comes to injury and playing time, and uh, I think he's a secret weapon. I mean, I think these guys, uh, you know, uh, they didn't start winning games and going to playoffs until they started drafting corners. Number one, I know they get ripped about oh they're always drafting a corner. Well, you know what? Um, you gotta you're probably you, glad you, you, you need three for about seventy percent of the game. You need three guys for for seventy percent of the game. Usually one or two back. Absolutely, no doubt. I mean, and uh, you know, I mean, you're glad. Aren't you glad you have a first round corner? Adam Jones gets suspended. Right. And you got a guy walking in there in the opener. It could be Quiz. It could be it could be Jackson. But it's a first round guy. It's a first round <laughs> guy, and you can't have enough. And uh, um, I was sorry they didn't take one this year, <laughs> frankly. But uh, you know, that's uh, uh, neither here nor there. I think that. Uh, uh, they really like Jackson. I mean, I really think they think Jackson is going to be a big-time player. For yeah, them. yeah. I think one of the themes, uh, at least of this offseason, has been the added athleticism in the front seven, and and it was it was needed. Yeah. Ray Malaluga's skills yeah. diminished, and you could see it. Yeah. Carlos Dansby was a step slow, and you could certainly see it. Um, Domita Pecco was getting up there in age, and you could see it. I mean, you have a chance to replace them with with a with a younger guy in Kevin Minter, a second year guy maybe in Nick Vigil, and a and technically or well not yeah. technically but a guy who's really a rookie in Andrew Billings. Right. You've gotten younger, plus the draft picks who are going to help you maybe on as edge rushers. You have gotten younger and more athletic in that in that front seven, and they had to. Yeah, you know, and we saw it. It was it was grotesquely evident against New England when they couldn't keep up with James White. You know, it was grotesquely evident against Pittsburgh that these guys were just not 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 playing like Pittsburgh like Bengals defenses are supposed to play. Yeah, but against yeah. Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas right. too. Exactly. Yeah, when <laughs> well, they didn't wake up in right. the third right. quarter. I think that uh, a big thing, skinny as I go back to that versatility that Gunther's talking about, you know, you gotta be young and athletic and everything. Like Vigil, he can be a will or a middle. Minter can be a will or a or a or a middle. Um, I think that um, you know, they might try Tez maybe in the middle. You know, Wallace Gilberry, like I talked about before, Hardison can play in and in tackle. tackle. Right. Josh Shaw is a corner. A safety. Player, you know, um, and I, I think these guys, you're going to see a lot of these guys. I think I, I think Willis, Willis can play left end or right end. You know, so uh, I think, you know, I think those guys, we're going to see a lot of them. What also shouldn't be discounted is is the possibility of a, of a, a fully healthy, in shape Vontez Burfecht, which you've really not seen for three years. He's played 26 games in the last three years combined. The one year he played all 16 games, 
Lo and behold, his second year, he made the Pro Bowl. And I think, I'm not sure you were in on the scrum with Paul Gunther the other day, but he talked about a photo he's got of him from the Pro Bowl that year of what his body looked like versus what his body look like looks like now. And he said, that's the player you were then. That's the guy you can right. be now. And I think, yeah. I think there's some excitement for that because he, he yeah. finally, he's not suspended. He's not going to be on the pup list. He'll, you know, The hope is he gets through training camp healthy. And if he does, I mean, he's a complete difference maker. He's in a contract year. Uh, I mean, you know, when he was healthy in 13, he led the league in tackles. Uh, and, uh, you know, Paulie was talking about this in the in the spring that uh, he sent him that picture, I guess, from the Pro Bowl. Right. With, with he said, hey, since I've been the coordinator, you've played in fewer games. You've, you've missed more games and you've played That's more. That's true. Games. That's right. So, you know, he was kind of like, because Paulie thinks, you know, Paulie kind of gave birth uh, to Vontaze. Yep. Remember that uh, Thomas Howard tore his ACL the Thursday before the game, before the week two? And he had to get, and he had perfect ready to play uh, at will. And and and, and he, he hit the ground a, running, right? And he was not a will right. backer; he right. was a middle backer. Right. And uh, so Paulie and him go all the way back to to uh, ground zero. So I think that uh, you know Paulie and Avantes they kind of uh, kind of feed each other a little bit. So you know he's uh, he's been kind of nudging him, you know. Uh, you, you mentioned Vontez perfect in a contract year. So is, is Tyler Eifert. Some decisions to be made there. What, what what's your gut tell you about what they try to do? With, with each, my gut tells me you let the season play out for Tyler Eifert before you make a decision, and you hopefully get something done with, with Burfitt to, it, sooner rather than later. I, I agree, because you can franchise Eifert. Probably what they'll end up doing. Right. Because, uh, you know, if he plays 16 games, that's the first time. Correct, correct. That's why I was kind of banging on O.J. Howard a little bit in the draft. You know, well, then you don't have to worry that's about That's right, Eifert. that's right. You know, and uh, as much as I like Eifert, you could still keep him, but O.J. could be your guy. And if you're not too sure about Eifert, well, then he's your number two. But they went, they did what they did. But I do think that they've got a little bit of a, you know, they can, can always franchise Eifert if they, uh, you know, if he does play, you know, 16 games. If he doesn't, he gets hurt again. You know, maybe they got to make a decision. But uh, I would tend to agree with you. If they could get something done, and of course with Tez, you know. You well, know, do you let that play out and say, look, the guy's been banged up and hurt, and and yeah, and he's he's playing, he's he's all of a sudden in shape. Is that a motivational thing? Is that just simply because he's he's back to being fully healthy and able to stay in some kind of rhythm? Uh, I mean, there, there's some questions there. I mean, I think you can get a deal with him, and I think if you can get a deal, because really, who do you have to sign? Right. Really, you don't have anybody right. really on the back on the burner this year. Yep. You know, now next year you got to look at Dunlap, you got to look at Atkins, yep. so you really can't you don't want to overpay Tez. Because you get some people you have to sign sure. on defense, but uh, you know, I, I think that uh, you know you have to. You know, I, I I think if you could sign Tez, you know, you, you would try because he's a he's a really gifted player. No doubt. But how? But how? You know, maybe they how much and for how long? Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I think that's the way it is with any productive. Right. Well, I've been probably saying the same stuff about Keekley. Right. Know? That's right. You know what I mean? It's just a tough, punishing position. But uh, tell you what, I'd rather have Tez than not have. No doubt. I think they think the same thing. Yeah. Uh, lastly, there, there is going to be a kicker battle in camp. There are three kickers, but really it's a two-way battle right. between uh, between Jake Elliott and Randy Bullock, and, and Bullock missed the only field goal that really mattered for him last year. Right. Both looked about the same in OTAs yeah. in camp. They, they had basically the same attempts, it seemed like. Both basically had the same percentage. Right. Um, what's your gut tell you there? Mine tells me that, that when push comes to shove, Elliott gets the job. It's yeah. a younger guy right. with maybe a little stronger leg, unless he somehow just tanks completely yeah. in the preseason. I guess the, the big question is how do you give him more opportunities in preseason? Because you right. kind of know what you've got in Bullock. I know they want right. to be fair, and you'll probably see that in camp, but right. maybe not so much in preseason games. I think the key guy is Clark Harris, the long snapper. Hey, he holds the – uh, I'm writing about that today, that uh, quietly Clark has been a very solid guy. 
Don't don't miss snaps. And they, and they won't have to worry. The kickers won't have to worry right. about snaps. They can just go out there and kick. Um, I agree. I think Elliott's it's his it's his thing to lose as long as he doesn't who's a guy Aguayo. who was just dreadful, right. but they but they drafted him and kept him and had no other backup plan. Right. Right. So yeah, Tampa. Does, I mean, as long as he doesn't do that, right. I don't think Elliott's going to do that. He's a pretty strong. He would have to really. To me, Ty goes to the runner. Yep. You know, Ty goes to the rookie. But uh, you know, I guess that's a good problem to have. I it, it kind of. Uh, it conjures up memories of uh, Pelfrey and Breach. Not that, you know, obviously Bullock doesn't have the pedigree here that Breach does. Right. But, uh, you know, it was, just, it was time. Pelfrey was an eighth-round pick, and I, uh, you know, and, and I think that's the way it was. I think it was a little bit of a draw, but... Ty goes to the young guy. Right, exactly. Butch, I appreciate it. If you got one question you need answered before, the, before training camp ends, what would it be? The one big question you look at and go, they need to have this answered. Uh, tooth, can I do it? Yeah, you I can do it. Absolutely. Cedric he yep. can give them something, and they find somebody that can back up. Yeah. Uh, those are those that's a 1A. And, and 1A. that's somebody that can back up may not be in this camp. It, it may be, be in somebody else's camp. camp. I, I mean, they keep saying, well, there's nobody out there. There's nobody out there. Yeah, Ryan Clady's out there, whether you like yeah. Ryan Clady or not. He is out there. Do. Yeah. I think they do. I, I, but that said, they really don't, you know, uh, I think they're banking on Andre. But if there's an injury, you know, Fisher's not proven. I mean, I just so I just think no. There's really yeah. w- there's one backup tackle in Eric yeah. Winston, and you could yeah. slide Andre out there at some point yeah. if you had to. But after that, it's landing left. Wait, uh, does, 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 does Winston make the club? If they're gonna if they're gonna keep seven receivers, they're gonna make, uh, yeah. You got to start cutting corners somewhere. You know, and, and you, Smith plays tackle, Fisher plays tackle, Oboye plays tackle. Problem is. You know, only one is proven, and he's not playing tackle. That's a, that's a fact. So I guess I'm just being a worry wart. Uh, and if I'm worrying about it, I know Mike Brown's got to be worried about it. No so, question. Uh, I think I'm with you. I think before yeah. the end of camp, yeah. we see another veteran in here I'll feel from a somewhere. Lot, I'll feel a lot better. I think, I, and that's no shot you know unsaid. I you know what? No I think they will too. You need a contingency plan though. Right. It's no shot yeah. unsaid. It's right. just, I mean, you know, you've seen seasons it, get blown it, up. And I do want to, I do want to, yeah, one final point in that regard because I think everybody has already bailed out on Cedric Boy. Yeah. At least oh, a lot I of fans have. No, no, and I get that. Yeah. But, but. You see this in this league. There are guys that fail yeah. miserably at the tackle position early in their careers, yeah. and suddenly, for whatever reason, the light bulb yeah. just goes off. And, and yeah. it's not like the guy is untalented, um, right. is is out of shape, is not athletic. Right. I mean, he has all the attributes right. you would want, and, right. and and there's no reason to say he can't take a step forward. I'm not here to promise right. fans as they listen to this that he's going right. to, right. and they don't know if he's going to, and he right. doesn't know if he's going to, but right. I, I wouldn't say just give up on it yet right. because it's not close to a done deal. I I agree, Skinny, because I think uh, a he's 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 never had a healthy spring until now. Right. Right. And b he's never played left tackle. Correct. Now I think if they go back, other and, than the Texans game, and that right. was literally getting back in there for one week at that position to right. to play it. And I, and I think they probably would. I don't know what they think about it, but I think they probably know that they probably shouldn't have put him at right tackle. Correct. To begin with. Correct. You know, and that Correct. Was a, that was they made a they made a mistake. Took him a year to rectify yep. it. Yep. So I think things are better this year than they were last year. A because he's healthy, and B because he's worried about arms. Yep. Butch, we appreciate it. You can find all his great work, as always, at Bengals.com. Butch, you're the man. Skinny, you're the man. We'll be seeing you all through camp. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody writes practice better than Richard Skinny. Uh, you're a heck of a man, Butch. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks to you guys today for listening to today's Skinny Podcast.